All right, Revelation chapter 13, this will be the last message that we'll be preaching here in this series out of chapter 13. I uh, I do plan on taking at least a little break from the book of Revelation after this message, so um, I would uh, announce to you what I'm going to be preaching next Sunday, but I don't know. So just... Uh, Just, you know, this is some heavy stuff, it's some deep stuff, and to be quite honest with you, it is some very intense spiritual warfare type stuff, and uh, I just uh, think that we need to take a break from that at least for a few weeks. So we want to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and that is certainly what we are going to do. Uh, Revelation chapter 13, please stand with me. We're going to read verses 15 through verse number 18. We're talking about how to recognize the Antichrist. And part three is the mark of the beast. Verse number 15. And he had power, speaking of the false prophet, to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. Let's pray. As I mentioned last week, we're going to present to you some scriptural truth today in a little bit different format. If you're a WWE or WWF fan, we're going to present it in a tag team format here today. And uh, there's, I I want to say this, that we're not trying to be clever. We're not trying to be innovative or profound. That is the God's honest truth. Our intention in this format is that we would draw attention to the truth that is being presented, not the presenter of the truth. The nature of this type of study lends itself to sensationalism as well as a desire to impress the audience rather than toward edification. We are not interested in impressing you or being interesting. We're interested in edifying and glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a scriptural precedence for what we're doing here this morning. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. This is to the local church. Verse number 29 says, Let the prophets speak two or three. Now, a prophet in the Old Testament was a foreteller of the future. A prophet in the New Testament is more of a foreteller. We have the prophecies of the Word of God. And prophesying is much what we call preaching today. It's telling people what the Word of God has already revealed. Let the prophets speak two or three, and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. I think you can see here that what we are doing here this morning is not a competition, but rather a compliment of one another using the God-given gifts and experiences and information that God has given us. Verse 31 says, For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That's an important truth, because sometimes we just feel, well, I just had to say something. No, you didn't. 
And a lot of times people use this chapter, verse, 1 Corinthians 14, in this chapter is, uh, is also the speaking of tongues, not just the prophesying of the Word of God. And some people have said of the speaking in tongues thing that, well, it just overcame me and it just came out and I didn't have any control over that. Well, that's anti-scriptural. All right, so what we're doing here, the Holy Spirit has led and revealed through the studying of the Word of God, but the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Why? Verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now, as your pastor, I promise you that the information that Brother Ben and Brother Max are going to be giving as their tag team portion today. I, I've seen what they have to say. And it is in tune with what I would say, only I feel that they can say it better based on their gifts and experience. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 40 says, Let all things be done decently and in order. Folks, what we're doing here this morning is completely within the context of 1 Corinthians 14, and much of our way of doing church has been, I'm all for traditions that work, but we also need to recognize that the early Christians in the book of Acts and so forth, the way that they did church was very just grassroots in communicating scriptural truth. There, You didn't have any entertainment and they didn't necessarily give announcements and have an order of service and special music. It was just simple delivering Bible truth by pastor and gifted men to hungry believers. And I hope that you're hungry for the truth here today. My job this morning is to bring you point number one. And I want to talk for just a few minutes here about the essence of the mark of the beast. Verse number 15, as we read, it says that the false prophet has power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Clearly, we see that the mark of the beast is associated with worship of the beast, the Antichrist desires to be worshipped. Why? Because the dragon that gives him his power and seat and authority wants to be uh, glorified and worshipped. Those who receive this mark, please get this, those who receive this mark will receive it willingly and will know that it is connected to the Antichrist. And the reason I emphasize that is you need to understand that it won't be because you have a debit card. It won't be because you got vaccinated. It won't be because you had your child born in a hospital where they secretly injected a chip. Many of these cultural and technical inventions are certainly related and preparing for the Antichrist. But this mark, we read in the Word of God, it will be received. It's not going to be something that is done by proxy 
or inadvertent. It's not going to be like, well, I, I just went and I swiped my debit card or I got vaccinated for something that I thought was a disease that would kill me and I inadvertently accidentally received the mark of the beast and now I'm doomed to go to hell. What kind of God is that? That's almost like an anti-Calvinistic God or a Calvinistic God on the other side of the ditch. That's not the way that it works here. It will be associated with the Antichrist and it will be associated with the worship of him. It won't be accidental or circumstances or by proxy. In verse number 16, we see that this mark will be in the forehead or in the right hand. Listen, I, I know this is probably controversial. I'm not trying to be controversial, but this is relevant and I believe that it is absolutely truthful. Have you ever seen a more cultural phenomenon more so than today where people are more willing to receive marks on their bodies? Listen, I'm not meddling. I'm not this. Listen, the Bible in the Old Testament, God said to his people that he didn't want them to mark themselves up. All right. And people say, well, that's the Old Testament. We had, we get to ignore that. Well, there's a lot of stuff. The Old Testament talks about a lot of perverse things that you don't find in the New Testament. That doesn't mean that it's okay. I understand there's stuff in the Old Testament that's not doctrinally relevant to us today. But we find out what God thinks of certain things. Now, someone asked me one time, well, preacher, if I get a tattoo, will I go to hell? To which my response was, no, that has nothing to do with your salvation. And when, when we talk about all of this inking phenomenon, and it is a phenomenon, when I was a kid... It was something that sailors and bikers did to show that they were tough. But now you see it so common. Why is that? I'm telling you that there is a spirit in all of this and it is preparing people. Listen, for our grandparents' generation, if the president or some world leader would have come up and said, here, we want you to, we want you to take this mark in your forehead or your hand. Nothing doing. But now it's just so commonly acceptable that people aren't even going to give it a second thought. No big deal. And I believe that that is the spirit of Antichrist that is preparing for some very, very near things that are going to go on in this earth. Verse number 17, it says that no one will be able to do business without this mark. You won't be able to buy and you won't be able to sell. Well, folks, we've experienced a trial run of this during the recent pandemic. I mean, there are still companies and entities that are saying, you can't work for us if you've not been vaccinated. Now, I could understand this if the vaccination was proven that this will keep you from getting this disease but it never has been. And for them to make it mandatory 
when there's all of these questions and uncertainties and all of that, there's something fishy about that, and I think we all know that. Once again, I'm not preaching against vaccination, and I am not even implying that if you were vaccinated that you somehow participated in receiving the mark of the beast. I'm simply saying on a global basis, this was a trial run just to see how the human race would respond to it. Verse 18 says, Here is wisdom. Let him that that hath understanding count the number of the beast. The Holy Spirit reveals this number that is associated with the beast. And this is his number. It says in the end of verse number 18, it's 600, threescore, and six. Six, six, six. You've all heard of it. It's associated with heavy metal album covers. It's associated with the occult. We've seen it and we've heard about it most of our life. But, you know, there's a whole lot more to this number six than what the common man who doesn't know the Bible and doesn't have understanding even can fathom. The number six is the number of man in the Bible. Man was created on the sixth day. There's a whole lot more that we could say about the number of six, but just interesting facts here. The sixth book of the Bible is the first one named after a man, and it's Joshua, and there's six letters in his name. The sixth book of the New Testament is Romans, which incidentally has six letters in it as well. These are just a few things. I'm not saying that that is a doctrine per se. I'm just saying that you find the number six, just like we said last week, the number 13, you see rebellion associated with it. The number six, you see man associated with it. And notice that this 666, the last letter of the word six is the letter X. I'm going to give you a few things here. Brother Ben's going to give you even more. But 666, it ends with X. The Latin is hex, hex, hex. We know what putting a hex on someone is. That is certainly associated with the occult. Uh, we make a, we, we say that X marks the spot. X is always associated with the mark. They used to say of people that were not literate and couldn't sign their name, they'd say, make your mark. And that mark was typically an X. X in modern culture, if you've ever seen at the bottom of a letter, it'll say, it'll have X's and O's, which represents hugs and kisses. And the kiss is represented by an X. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. We find that Christ is replaced in the word Christmas by Xmas. And then, of course, we know that XXX represents perversion of something that God created to be holy. These are all spirit of Antichrist things. Everything that the Antichrist doing is an imitation or a perversion of something that God did 
that was holy and honoring and glorifying to him, but Satan is going to pervert it so that it turns around and brings glory and honor to him. Now, those who have understanding are told to count this number of the beast, not just to know what it is, but to count it. Most of the Bible is not in code, but we find here that there is some understanding. We need to count it. We need, need to study it. Most of the Bible is not in code, but some of it is. Now, I, I'm not a proponent of this idea that everything in the Bible is like the Da Vinci Code. I've heard some really crazy doctrines from that mindset. But when the Bible says itself that, hey, there's some coded language here, you need to study it. We mentioned last week Daniel chapter 7, Revelation 13, and Revelation 14, and Revelation 17. You see all kinds of connecting factors that you can study and some of them are speculative. Uh, you take the, the world empires. Daniel knew about the Babylonian Empire. He certainly knew about the Media Persian Empire, but he didn't know the Grecian Empire and the Roman Empire had not yet happened. And so Daniel is seeing that and he's prophesying of it. We look back and we can see some things and some connections in those codes that the prophets didn't even see themselves. Consider what Daniel said in chapter 9 and verse number 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel, 25 years later, understood more about the tribulation period than the person who wrote that, Jeremiah, some 25 years earlier. Why? Because things had changed. Jeremiah was at the beginning of this captivity. Daniel is slapdab in the middle of it. And so there are some things that are code, and uh, we may or we may not figure out all of those details, but folks, the things that I just said the things that you're getting ready to hear here this morning, these were unfathomable, unimaginable 25 years ago. The things that we're seeing in our culture right before our very eyes. If you're not in the word of God, then this is just going, it'll just go over your head. But if you know what the Bible says, you're going to see those things that are going on all around us. And you're going to go, Wow. How could the world not recognize that the Bible prophesied of this? And the answer is quite simple. God said to the church of Thessalonica that he would send strong delusion, that they would believe a lie. Why? Because they believed, they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. If you love truth, then it's easy to recognize truth. But if you really don't care about truth, God's not going to reveal anything to you. It starts with trusting God. It's never with this idea, God, show me and I'll believe, but rather it's God, I believe your word. And then, and only then, does he show us what we need to know. I'm going to turn things over to Brother Ben for the second point.
morning. Don't be nervous. I am putting the stopwatch on myself here. Um, everything that has been covered so far by Pastor Mitchell, um, notice the there's no coincidences in any of this, by the way. Um, the fact that um, the Antichrist, uh, his number is revealed in Revelation chapter 13 is not a coincidence. Uh, the, the number 13 all throughout the Bible is associated uh, with rebellion. And then uh, the verse where 666 is revealed is the last verse in the chapter, verse number 18, as in 6 plus 6 plus 6. Uh, and you'll notice that the number is associated with the name. Uh, no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the, not just the number, but the number of his name. The idea of names being associated with numbers is something that even 50 years ago we would have thought was a little bit strange. 50 years ago, it wouldn't be uncommon to have certain numbers. It wouldn't be uncommon to have, for instance, if you were a member of a club or an organization, that you might have a membership number. 50 years ago, you would have had a social security number. Uh, but the concept of connecting numbers to names is far more real in the world that we live in today, particularly as it pertains to what the scripture says here about no man buying or selling. The world today, the entire financial system today revolves around the internet. You don't always buy from the internet. Some of you ladies, 95% of your purchases are done on the internet, but you don't always buy from the internet. Uh, but, you know, have you ever been in a store trying to buy something when, I'm sorry, you can only pay cash right now, can't pay with a card cause, quote unquote, the system is down. It's a problem when the system is down. And so numbers being associated with names is more common than you might think. Um, for instance, many of you, possibly even while we're here at church, please don't do that, put your phone down. Maybe you've been looking on your phone this morning at your Facebook account. But when you go to Facebook, you say, oh, it's facebook.com. Well, technically it's not. To your phone or to the computer, it's not that at all. It's 31.13.88.35. If you wanted to look something up this morning and you went to google.com, it's 74.125.136.113. Or if you went to microsoft.com, it's 20.112.250.133. Now we've got some young smart people here in the front row. Uh, what's google.com? Yeah, it's really easy to remember Google.com, but it's not so easy to remember that Google was 74.125.136.113. Uh, and so the internet does all of that translation work for you. Um, we're dealing here with a number that's associated with a name. Right now, right now, uh, the year 2023 in the world of technology, we're at a very interesting verge. How many of you have heard of a thing that's talked about nowadays called quantum computing? Anyone heard of quantum computing? Okay, how many of you understand quantum computing and what it is and how it works and can explain it back to me? Um, I've spent 30 plus years in the IT industry and I'm still trying to get my head around what quantum computing is all about. I won't take the limited time that I've got right now uh, to bore you with the details of what quantum computers are and how they work. But um, 
it's, it's very interesting and it's very relevant to what I'm discussing now. Um, right now, quantum computers are extremely limited in what they can do, uh, and they're very, very rare. People, uh, companies in the world right now that own quantum computers include IBM, Google, Honeywell, Intel, Microsoft, and not many others. A handful of companies in the world have a quantum computer. They're very different than traditional classical computers, and they're very different than what we would call even a supercomputer now. Uh, Google has managed to solve a problem that a supercomputer, the very fastest multi-million dollar computer systems, uh, Google solved a problem in 200 seconds with their quantum computer, what would take a traditional supercomputer 10,000 years to solve that problem. What what would normally take 10,000 years to solve can be solved in 200 seconds. You say, why does that even matter? It matters tremendously because the internet is based around the idea of security and privacy. We don't want our financial transactions being known by other parties. We don't want our emails being known by other parties. We don't want the government spying on us. How many of you say that? I don't want the government spying on me. Okay. So a lot of what we do with the internet right now, we're doing through secure channels using encryption. The best encryption algorithms right now um, take about 2,000 years for a quantum computer, uh, sorry, not a quantum, a supercomputer to solve. 2,000 years. And so our security, we consider it very safe because 2,000 years from now, neither you nor I will care about whether the government has access to our banking information. But if Google can solve in 200 seconds what a supercomputer takes 10,000 years, It doesn't take a genius to take 10,000 years, 2,000 years, divide by five. It probably takes a quantum computer about 40 seconds to crack the very best internet security. Now, they're not actually quite there. That's just looking at it really simply. They're not quite there just yet, but they're getting to that point. And here's what we're going to, what I think is going to happen. I think very soon we're going to get to the point where quantum computers to these small handful of companies become a viable reality. If, you, if you're concerned about companies like Google being able to access your information, let me throw this to you as a scenario. What if the Russians build an effective quantum computer? What if the Chinese build an effective quantum computer? Do you see what happens? Everything about the security of the internet, everything about the security of banks, everything about the security of government, everything about privacy dissolves Overnight. What does that mean? It means the world stops. It's too risky. It's too dangerous. We can't do anything. Or someone implements something that's new and safe. I wonder if anyone's got something that might be new and safe and secure. That's the direction we're headed. It will likely be what a a technology called public key uh, infrastructure, PKI, it's been around for 30 plus years. I've worked in PKI systems for the Australian Taxation Office, as in tax, (laughs) T-A-X, words that end in X, Um, and that will be the quote-unquote solution. And they will tell us that this mark of the beast will be proofed from quantum computers and will therefore become mandatory if you want to do what? Buy or sell. You might say that that's hypothetical and, and it's not, you know, 
Yeah, unlikely. Um, there is an internet standard already in existence. There is an internet standard that was ratified in the year 2008 and then modified and ratified again in the year 2012. And it is an internet standard for naming and addressing and registration of open systems interconnect, as in bringing everything together, the internet. That system that is about naming, addressing, and registration, that standard is called X.666. Do you think that's a coincidence? That's no coincidence. And if you say, oh, I don't believe that there's a standard called X.666, it's on my laptop. If you want to see it after church this morning, I've got a copy of it sitting on my laptop computer. Uh, you'll look at it and you'll say, I don't understand much of that. I've poured over it for the last 10 plus years and I still don't understand a lot about it. But it's associated with numbers and names and governments registering numbers and names for people who want to do international trade and commerce. It's practically here. Let's consider a little more. Pastor Mitchell talked about the letter X. Uh, the letter X seems to have a connection to the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, or possibly all three of them. Um, just for fun, and I think that it might even be... Ah, good, it's not there just yet. Uh, guess how many times words in our King James Bible, guess how many times words end with the letter X? How many different words are there that end with X in a King James Bible? Okay, uh, uh, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll tell you, there's 13. There's 13 words in the King James Bible that end with the letter X. Those words are six, ox, wax, vex, flax, onyx, box, felix, matrix, fox, uh, flux, pollux, and sardonyx. Guess how many words in a King James Bible start with the letter X? None. That's interesting. A lot of words in the King James Bible, 13 different words, end in the letter X, but none start with the letter X. But if you have a new translation of the Bible, if you have something other than a King James Bible, they do have a word that begins with the letter X. In your King James Bible, there is a Persian king whose name is Ahasuerus. How many of you remember, you might pronounce it differently to me, maybe you say Ahasuerus. I was raised to say Ahasuerus. But that man in most of the New English translations, rather than have his name listed as Ahasuerus, his name is listed as Xerxes is his name, Mr. X. You know what his name means? It means prince, head, or chief. He is, if you study history, he is the fifth king of Persia, Ahasuerus or Xerxes. Five is a number in the Bible associated with Death. Uh, and if you read about the uh, king of Persia and the kings of Persia in Daniel chapter 10, you'll find that uh, the kings of Persia are likened to the spirit world waging war against the nation of Israel, which is precisely what the seven years of tribulation is all about. It's the time of Jacob's trouble, And one of the angels, presumably the cherub Gabriel, was unable to have victory over them without the help of what the Bible calls Michael, your prince. There is a special role performed by Michael in protection of the nation of Israel. 
An unusual number of negative words end in the letter X. Pastor Mitchell covered some of them already. Six, six being the number of a man. Uh, when a man dies, how deep do we say we bury that man? Six feet under is where he goes. Uh, the ox, by the way, the ox, I said there were 13 words in the King James Bible that end in the letter X. There's only one word in the King James Bible that has two letters ending in the letter X, and that is the ox. And you'll find that the ox is a, uh, an animal all throughout the Bible that is associated uh, with Satan uh, from the time of the Garden of Eden all the way through. Uh, the word vex is a very negative word. Felix, there's an interesting one. Felix. Felix. Uh, you know what Felix said? He said, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. And he never did. Fox. That's a negative word in your Bible. Go and tell that fox is what Jesus called Herod. Who was what? He was a political leader in the days of the Romans. Are you picking them up where I'm laying them down? These are not just coincidences. They're telling us about the end times. Uh, Pollux. Pollux was one of the two sons of Jupiter. Uh, Jupiter is the um, was also known as Jove, and so people, uh, as a quote-unquote soft blasphemy, instead of saying Jehovah, they will say they will exclaim by Jove, and they'll do it talking about either Jehovah. Or say, oh no, I'm talking about Jupiter. Uh, really? Well, that Pollux was one of the sons of Jupiter. We have the Sphinx. The Sphinx, which is Half man, half, what's a sphinx? Half man, half cat. He's a lion, he's a cat, okay? Um, I'm not trying to get you off on all these paranoid things today, but if any of you have understood, by the way, um, you wonder why transgenderism is such a big movement at the moment. Find out about one of the gods called Baphomet. Baphomet is half animal, goat, half human, half male, half female, and Baphomet was a god of the order of the Knights Templar, the militant arm of the Catholic Church. Go figure it out. I'm telling you, the signs are there if you have your eyes open. The Sphinx, the pox, Sex being a word with a very negative connotation, although it shouldn't be. The word pax, the Latin word, as in the language spoken by the Romans, the Latin word for peace. And the Antichrist comes in peaceably. Tax, there's a negative word. How many of you love paying tax? All right, didn't think so. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, your King James Bible talks about all the world should be taxed. But what do the new versions say? The new versions don't say all the world should be taxed. They say that all the world should be enrolled. Now the irony of that is too great to be missed. Enrolled, as in come and get your mark, come and get your number, so that you can buy and sell once you've been enrolled. It's right there, people. Lux, from which we get the word light and from which we get the word lux uh, associated with the name Lucifer, an angel of light. A hex being a curse. The crux, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Something that's false is said to be foe, F-A-U-X. We put a 
hoax out if we're playing a trick. We might play a jinx on someone. When computers transmit data in two letters, it's called TX. Therefore, Texas is where the Antichrist will come from. No, just kidding. Um, uh, but, but when we transmit with a computer, it's called TX. When we receive data in a computer, it's called RX. When we receive data in a computer. Uh, sheer coincidence that when you take medicine, Brother Sam would know this as a pharmacist, medicine is called in two letters, medicine is called RX. Correct, Sam? Why do we call it RX? Because we receive it. Whether we receive it in our mouth or whether we receive it with an injection, we're receiving our medicine. What do people have to do with the mark of the beast? According to the passage there, they have to receive it in Revelation 13, verse 16. I need to move really, really quickly. How many of you are aware that Elon Musk bought the company Twitter recently, a couple of years ago, and in more recent weeks, he's renamed it to what? X. A bold and interesting move, is it not? He was very open about why he did this. Elon Musk said this. He said, I hope to turn Twitter into an everything app called X, which would encompass not only social networking, but also banking and shopping. You get that? The world's richest man has renamed Twitter into something called X, and he said it's not just about social media anymore. It's about banking and shopping. X.com was an online bank founded by Elon Musk in 1999. Uh, A year later, he was interested in merging with a company called Confinity because Confinity had devised an easy online payment system. Anyone know what the merger of X and Confinity was called? It's called PayPal. And when Elon Musk sold PayPal to eBay in about 2002, he sold PayPal to eBay, but he kept the name X and he kept the trademark X.com and the domain name as well. He has an obsession with the letter X. His space exploratory company is called SpaceX. Okay. Uh, Musk has 10 children so far. Uh, four of the first eight have the letter X uh, somewhere in their names. Uh, the last two children that he had born in May last year, they haven't had their names publicly announced yet, which is a little strange and weird. Uh, Elon Musk owns an artificial intelligence research company. It's called XAI. People have asked Elon Musk a lot about what he believes, religion, as far as the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he said? He said, the world needs a new religion. That's what he said. The world needs a new religion. He believes that the uh, the rise of artificial intelligence computer systems will be, quote-unquote, summoning the demon. Uh, to him, both his computer technologies and the things that he invents are of almost spiritual magnitude to him. Uh, when he launched his first ever SpaceX rocket, which was named Falcon, he said, you know, I'm not very religious, but I prayed for this one. Elon Musk and it's important to say this because the political right have gone after Elon Musk. Previously, the left loved him. Now the right loves him. Elon Musk is not a Christian. He likes some of Jesus' teachings, but he is not a Christian. None of this is to say that Elon Musk is the Antichrist. None of this is to say that Twitter or PayPal is the mark of the beast. All of this is to say that we are very clearly approaching these things. 
And I would finish with one last thought before we hand over to Brother Max, and that is that if you're sitting here today and you say, oh, that's creepy, that's freaky, let me just tell you this. If you have not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and if you can't find it in your heart to repent of your sins now, you are extraordinarily highly unlikely to do so when the Christians are gone and the mark is implemented. Now is the day of salvation. Thank you, Brother Max. Well, we have read some scripture and we have heard some things that may be shocking to some, may be disturbing, and that's all understandable. And so we come to a point and uh, what I've been asked to present is something I, I'm a believer in. My, through history, through time, my wife and I, we have been subjected to some things in church that families and, and this church should not be subjected to. And I thank God for the pastor that we have, that he loves you, cares for you, wants you to know truth. He wants you to be aware. That's part of what's being presented is we're not to be ignorant. We do need to understand what's going on, but we do not need to live in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But of love, sound mind. These are truths that Christ has given us. And these are the things that we do need to look to as we go through the time that we're in. The fact of the matter is that the evidence that you've seen, the working of the God of this world who is Satan, who has a desire to be worshipped, he wants to be worshipped as God. He wants to be like the Most High. That's very clear in the book of Isaiah. It's clear from what he has done in past and his goal in the future. And he is working overtime and quickly to accomplish his desire of being worshipped. As Christians, we should be aware of that. We, we should not be deceived by false Christs. And there are many. They were in Paul's day. The apostles warned about it. And they are in our day. There are many antichrists. And an antichrist that is opposes the truth of the word of God. An antichrist is one that will say, just as you heard the testimony of Elon Musk, denies the true religion, Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, the fact that he is God. We have history now that takes and removes the truth of Christ as God by changing even how we calculate history. It's no longer B.C. or A.D., it's B.C.E. and whatever else. Jesus Christ is real. You cannot deny that. History cannot vanish or vanquish the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ lived. The one that people need to accept that he is God. He is God. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And so what do we do? What do we do with the evidence that we've seen? How, how do we handle this as Christians? How do we process this? And I just have three quick things, I promise. They're, they're, they're not in debt. They're not uh, shocking. They're not going to blow your mind away. But it is the truth. We're going to do a 180 here. We've been looking at the things in the spirit of the age that's working. And the spirit of this age is really working on three things. Politically, economically, and religiously coming together. And it is intertwined. 
And it is, it is just melding together. And what do we do? Well, one, there should bring an urgency to us. And as Christians, we need to continue to resist the spirit of this age. You say resistance is futile. That's a lie. That's Hollywood tells you resistance is futile. I'll tell you this, that even during the tribulation, which I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be with my king. I'm going to be with my savior. But even during the tribulations, resistance is not futile. The Lord gives a map of things that can be done to help those that are here during that period of time. So what do you say, Brother Max? What do we do? It's We need to do a 180 and put our attention where it needs to be, and that is on Jesus Christ. We need to look for the right things, and the right thing is Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us in Titus 2.13, a verse that learned in Master's Club, learned in Awana when I was a young man, should be known to the every Christian, quick to know where these things are, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's something we ought to be looking for. I, look, that we ought to be able to discern the spirit and the age that we're in, but our looking needs to be to Christ. Don't concern yourselves, is the, the Prime Minister of Canada, the President of Canada, is he the Antichrist? Is it, is it the man in France? We need to be looking to Jesus Christ. Understand what the nations are doing and they're working for. Not be deceived that the United Nations is corrupt. It is corrupt and, and their whole thing is against this word. I know they speak of things that are supposed to be good and and helpful. There is so much corruption that everywhere the United Nations goes, they leave a a wake of destruction in the lives of people, not help. Well, we know that one of the names of Satan is he's the destroyer. That's his M.O., that, that should be expected. Christ brings hope. It says in Scripture that everywhere Christ did, he did good unto all men. That's our Savior. That's who we should be looking to. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What a powerful verse. When we were in Ecuador, I'm not sure how many uh, paid attention, but behind the pulpit in that church, this verse is there. It's in Spanish, obviously, but this is the verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have a powerful Savior. Look, there is none like him. There is no religion. There is nothing. There isn't a president of a company. There isn't a president of this nation that can do what Jesus Christ did. There is none that can offer you retirement plan like Jesus Christ can. As one brother said, it is out of this world, and that is a fact. And it is eternal. It is an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Let's look for those things. Let's have the right look at the right things and remember our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's keep our eyes on him. Let's not forget that in the time of trouble and storm, Peter was fine walking on the water until he did what? 
He took his eyes off Christ. Let us not take our eyes off the one that can help us through whatever we're going through. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. The the next thing here is we should think on the right things. This is clear instruction to the church. This is what's happening as we see the events that are unfolding and we study Revelation and look, and I know it's a concern of our pastor, it's a concern of me, that we start melding together dispensations. We start acting and looking and thinking that we're going through the tribulation and that there's some preparations we need to do and it starts consuming our thoughts. We're to think on the right things. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, we need to think on things that are true. We are in a time that we have a book with clear instruction to the church. Not just Temple Baptist Church to the church. Those that are saved, those that are born again. We've heard that repeatedly. And it's and it's absolute fact. Brother Ben, last Sunday night, he spoke of, and carefully... The universal church. Well, what is the universal? It's not the Roman Catholic church. It's not a denomination. It is those that are born again. They are filled and dwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. They are in this church. And he has given us the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has given us the comforter. He's given us the spirit of truth that indwells in us to guide us in clear instruction of the time that we live in. So whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Look, there's a lot of preachers out there that are honest. They're there to sell books. They're to sensationalize things, and they are only looking at their own pocketbook. This may offend some, but Hagee in Texas is one of them. He changes things. He takes uh, time. He takes events and twists them like the four blood moons and this to sensationalize, make people panic, need to buy his book so they have a roadmap of how to act. We had a church in Ohio that was living in fear over this. We have a book from Jesus Christ. It says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Let our heart and our thoughts and our mind be on truth. And the things that we need to focus on that God has given us. Remember, every day we're still in the age of grace. That dispensation, we are in the age of grace. Remember that. Don't fear don't fret, don't faint to the things that are coming. Be thankful that we have a Savior. Thankful that we have that blessed hope. That blessed hope is He's coming for His church. Let's look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. He not just created a faith system of His doing, His work, death, burial, and resurrection of the the cross, it wasn't just he penned this out and said, hey, good luck, guys, see what you can do with that. He authored it, but he also finished. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. What he set out to do, what his purpose was for his church one day to be gathered with him, he said, it's done. 
It tells us in Scripture that if you're saved, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's how Paul could boldly say, for for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. These are the, this is the truth, church, if you're saved, that we hold on to. These are the things that we think on. The other things can be great segues into conversations to bring people to Christ. And we should be aware. But if we're going to resist looking to the right one, thinking on the right things, and we need to preach the right things, It is an important thing to me that I've emphasized, I believe even in this church and I've done in other churches, especially for this younger generation sitting here and over here, these young ladies, the young kids in the back, is that we have to be careful we don't steal their hope. And the hope is that Jesus Christ is alive and can do a work and for these young people, they can live a life for Christ, they can get fed, They can get help. They can go forward in life. They can even get married. There are some that say, what's the point? Hey, if you're here and you're doing right with God and he brings you that man or woman in your life, don't say, well, it's it's just too late. It's over. You know, because, you know, we got this computer over here and it's doing this and this and this. What's the point? Get married. Enjoy the days with them, and it'll get even better when you're called up together in the clouds to be with the Lord. Our young people need to understand that even in times of impending judgment, which are coming, nationally, we could have some judgment. We deserve it as a nation. But you know what? In history, and even in Jewish history, you can go through these Old Testaments, those remnants that would stand true for God, God spared them. He cared for them. He helped them. He is the same God. That is the character of our God. Young people, I hope you you, you grasp that. And you hang on to that hope and that truth that we have in Jesus Christ. Preach the right things. Christ is coming again. That message needs to be heard. During the greatest times of spiritual revival in this country and other nations, we look at that historically according to Revelation chapter 3 as the Philadelphian church age. Temple Baptist can be a Philadelphian church in a Laodicean church age. We can. But Jesus is coming. That brings urgency, brings excitement for us as the saved. But it needs to bring an urgency to this world that, hey, you can't keep going on the way you're going. You can't get deceived in a world system. You can't put all your hope in Wall Street. It needs to be in Christ. He's coming. He is coming. First John 5.20, we know that the Son of God has come. He came once, and he said clearly when he left, I'm coming again. He's coming again. So much of Old Testament prophecy is more geared towards the second coming of Christ than the first. And we see that fulfillment in the book of Revelation. He is coming. He came as a humble servant. He came as a savior. 
But he's coming back in Revelation 19, verse 16, as a righteous, holy king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to blow the United Nations out of the water. He is going to take care of the Antichrist, the beast and the false prophet. He personally is going to handle this business. We can't as a church, but God can. And more importantly, Jesus Christ himself can and will. Let's preach the right thing. We need to preach as was preached in the Old Testament by John the Baptist, and this message will be preached during the tribulation, repentance towards God. Brother Ben just briefly mentioned that. That message needs to be told to the world. That has to be taught. People need to know that they're sinners and they're unclean and that they need to get this right before Christ. They need to be ready for when he does come. He offered, he paid the price. That message of the glorious gospel has to continue to be preached, but it can't be preached with, here's some gifts, here's some things. It has to be with honesty and saying, we are sinners in need of a savior and we can't continue in sin. We do need to turn. We need to know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That message has to continue to be propagated. God has entrusted his church. He's entrusted Temple Baptist Church with that task to continue with the propagation of the gospel. And we do need to continue to preach hope. Yesterday morning, as we were starting prayer meeting, Brother Terry was leading us in a song, and he started it off with a verse. And I grabbed it. I was like, boy, that fits, Brother Terry. It says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. That is our hope. Let's continue to encourage our brothers and sisters in the Christ of the fact that we have Christ in us. And he is our hope. He is the God of hope. He is the God of comfort. He is the God of love. Anything good, he is the giver of. And he is the God of hope. Paul said, I preach Christ. In Acts 17, verse 3, he says, Opening and alleging that Christ with needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. We need to continue with that message to a lost and dying world. Yes, we can use the things around us to bring that urgency to bring people to Christ. But just to say that this is the spirit of the age and this is bad and this is wrong and beware of this without giving them the truth of Christ, we are being dishonest as Christians. And we're actually being negligent. We can't just hide and run. We can't become bunker Christians. We've got to stay the course and be found faithful because Christ said when he comes, will I find faith? We need to be faithful.
three things for us to focus on. Pastor. As we close this message this morning, I'm reminded of Amos's prophecy. We've heard a lot of interesting and yet truthful things here this morning. I want to reiterate that we're not to have a spirit of fear. This isn't sensationalism. It's to demonstrate that the time is drawing near. God has called this upcoming tribulation period, he calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. And while God is sending judgment upon this entire earth and while the Antichrist, through the power of Satan, is going to seek to deceive the whole world and cause the whole world to worship him, God's primary focus is going to be on his people. It always has been. And Amos said of the children of Israel, God talks about taking them out of Egypt and God's continued to deal with his people He's provided for them. God doesn't want his children or his people to suffer his wrath. Listen, God doesn't want you to take the mark of the beast and to end up in hell. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. We don't want anyone to go to hell. We're preaching Christ so that you can be saved. But Amos 4 verse 11 says, I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, because I will do this unto thee. He says, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. I'm sure you've played a game at some time with an hourglass. And it doesn't take much spiritual discernment to recognize that there are only a few grains of sand in God's hourglass that have to drop before all these things come upon this earth. And don't get left behind. Prepare to meet God. If you're saved and you're already that firebrand plucked out of the burning, you need to prepare to meet God. What do we do? We look on the right things. We think on the right things. We preach the right things. We prepare to meet God. Are you prepared to meet God today? If not, you dare not wait another moment. You need to get right with God or get saved here today before you leave this place.